Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Or when something happens, are we quick to run to the phone and, and, and tell somebody, text somebody, did you hear what happened? You know, we have to be really careful. There's a lot to say about this, and we're just going to look at a couple verses. Proverbs 11, verse 13 says this, A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. That's what we need to be, is people who, out of love, conceal the matter. Instead of sharing it with everybody, doesn't love cover a multitude of sin? sins? It does. Let's be part of that instead of the opposite. And in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20, it says this, Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceases. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ. Today, Pastor Rob continues our journey through James chapter 3. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, James has written to us how hurtful our tongues can be. Pastor Rob expounds on this by teaching us how our speech is connected to what is in our hearts. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 18, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. It's not only what we say to someone's face that can hurt, but any gossip behind their backs can also cause long-lasting hurtfulness. Here's Pastor Rob with this important lesson. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus said, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. That's pretty... That's from the Lord himself. Those are his words. And so how careful do we need to be? How do we need to pray and say, God, will you be the governor of my heart and my mouth? Will you set a gate at my lips? Will you help me be that man or woman of God where everything I say is seasoned with grace and there's nothing in it that is going to offend anybody? You know, if we thought about Jesus being with us everywhere we go. And every single word that we speak, know that he is there present with you. I think it would change the way I speak, and it would change the way you speak. So the next time you're about ready to lay into somebody, the next time you're about to get into it with something, and you're like feeling really nasty and negative, remember, you're standing before God Almighty, and you're speaking to one of those whom he loves. Amen? hard. You know, there's an old children's rhyme that says, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, but that's not true. Certainly sticks and stones will break bones, but names and things that we say can hurt somebody so deeply. A husband and a wife, you know this. Fathers and, and mothers to children, you can say one word to your wife, to your spouse, you can say one word to your child, and boy, you can break them so quickly. And even though they may forgive you, they may never forget it. Because how can you forget a wound from a, love, from a loved one? 
when somebody says something. And you know, there are people in this fellowship right now where you've said something or something's been said to you in the past. And even right now, this very day, you're thinking to yourself, I haven't forgiven them and I'm not going to. (laughs) Or something that has been said that has ripped your family apart. And now there's this family that's divided and scattered. It's almost like the children of Israel. There's like this diaspora of of family members all throughout the United States because they can't stand to live with one another because of the things that have been said. They're like, you know what, I'm not going to live there anymore. I'm out of there. I'm going to go find a job in St. Louis. I'm going to go find a job. I'm going to get away from my parents. You know, what they've said to me has hurt me. Or perhaps you've got a spouse you know, where you've said something. I know that I can say something to my wife and I can hurt her so easily, so quickly. And boy, I have to really watch myself. It's better that I keep it inside my own rotten heart at times when I get frustrated. It's better that I keep it inside and say, Lord, you deal with this in me so that it doesn't manifest itself outwardly. Because when it does, people get hurt and sticks and stones break bones, but names are really destructive, really destructive. Many best friends and families have been torn apart, never to be reconciled. And many of you in this room are a beneficiary of of that problem. Maybe you've had a best friend. But being able to control our tongue is evidence of our spiritual maturity. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths and they, that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. You know, when you think about the, the strength of a horse, and yet this beast can be controlled by putting a bit in its mouth and, under, and by its tongue, and you can control this, you know, couple-ton horse or whatever it is, a 2,000-pound horse or, or bigger, and you can control this thing. And what, what is, how big of a deal is it if you are in an army or you're running a parade down there in uh, New York City during the Macy's Day Parade, and you've got the Budweiser team and all the, the Clydesdales are all lined up, and you've got one horse in the beginning who's just not broken yet, and he starts kicking and fighting. Everybody else is going to be follow him, and they're going to get agitated too. But if that horse has been broken and, it, and it's been trained and it's been schooled and it's submitted it will keep the others in line too because a little bit of, of a problem can create a big problem. I'll never forget when we were at uh, Sight and Sound uh, down in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and we were watching Daniel. And there was one time when I was sitting there, and I, know, and I felt a rumbling, a shaking. And it, it was in the middle of the show, and, and, and I, I thought there was an earthquake. And, and I was right at the end of one of the sections, and, and I felt this breeze go by because I was looking up at the stage, and I looked over, and to my amazement and fright, <laughs> there is these stallions all decked out for war because you know, Daniel was talking about the Babylonian invasion, so these huge horses are decked out in all of this stuff, and the riders, and they're going down the aisles. That's why the ticket prices are so high for liability insurance. But these horses are flying down there, and, and I'll never forget, I'm thinking, I hope that rider knows what he's doing. I hope they put some kind of stickum or something underneath these horses' hooves because they're going down on, on this, this material. That, that's, I'm like, man, if this horse loses its footing, section A3 is gone. <laughs> Everybody's dead. <laughs> but everybody goes to heaven because most of the people there are Christians, so it's not so bad. But with one bit and a bridle, you can control this horse. But look at verse 4. But what about ships? Although they are so large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned with a very small rudder. You can take a very large vessel and stick maybe a five or six feet 
uh, thing, and you can, you can control that ship, where it's going. And where are you going today? Where has your mouth led you? Because even our mouths are leading us in a direction. We're either going to be going in the way that God wants us to, or we're going to be going in a way of destruction, and our mouth has everything to do with it. And it's just a little member. It's just a little thing you can stick in the back of any small or large vessel, and you can turn that thing. I've had a lot of experience out on the water living down in Florida, and, and it's so true. Just a little bit of a rudder can change the course of everything. It can get you to your destination, or it can get you off your destination, and you can be completely lost. And so it's very important. Verse 5, he says, Even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. And see how great a forest a little fire kindles. When I think of this, I think of talebearers. You know, people who go around and they slander and they inform others. Have you ever been informed? Have you used the, you know, we can, we can be guilty of even using our prayer chain or even our times of prayer as being an informing time. Oh, Lord, I pray that you'd bless Sister So-and-So who just got out of jail last night for uh, Grand Theft Auto, Lord. And then after bailing her out, Lord, she went and she held up, a, held up a convenience store with a knife, Lord. Forgive her, Lord. Her name is so-and-so. You know, and then, you know, and then we, we can do that. We can be gossiping in the middle of our prayer service. Or when something happens, are we quick to run to the phone and, and, and tell somebody, text somebody, did you hear what happened? You know, we have to be really careful. There's a lot to say about this, and we're just going to look at a couple verses. Proverbs 11, verse 13 says this, A talebearer reveals secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit conceals the matter. That's what we need to be, is people who, out of love, conceal the matter. Instead of sharing it with everybody, doesn't love cover a multitude of sin? Sins? It does. Let's be part of that instead of the opposite. And in Proverbs chapter 26, verse 20, it says this, Where no wood is, there the fire goes out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceases. As coals are to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. And the words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they are. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Burning lips and a wicked heart are like a potsherd covered with silver dross. He that hates dissembling with his lips and lays up deceit within him. When he speaks fair, believe him not, for there are seven abominations in his heart, whose hatred is covered by deceit. His wickedness shall be showed before the whole congregation. Everything we say, one day God is going to show us, reveal to us. And I don't want to be... I don't want to have a long list. I think my list is pretty long as it is. But I believe God can do this in an instant with all of the redeemed mankind before him. He can in one minute communicate all of that to each of us at the same time. It's not going to be some kind of long process like the DMV. No offense, anybody. But, you know, the DMV I like, but, you know, you're not standing in line at the DMV. You know, you're not going to stand in line there. God, I believe, can, he's so much more able to do in an instant what man would take hours to do. But gossip is a very big deal. Anybody seen this poster? For those of you who are in uh, maybe in the 1940s, some of you older folks, baby. It says, loose lips sink ships. And it was a type of propaganda poster for the American uh, World War II to advise servicemen and other citizens to avoid spreading rumors or truths containing bad news that might hurt morale. 
And so it was very important, even in secular terms, how important it is to keep our mouths quiet. If you've been sworn to secrecy, if you, if you work at a job where you've got certain things, you better be careful. Better be careful. Proverbs 16, verse 27 says, An ungodly man digs up evil, and it is on his lips like a burning fire. And a perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Have you ever had a best friend? I had a best friend in high school who, when I was, um, I don't know, I was probably 15, 16 years old, and he shared a bunch of things with people because we were kind of hung out with a lot of different people, and he shared uh, some lies about myself. And as a result, everybody turned against me. They never even considered uh, what the truth might be. And so that was really at the time that I kind of became a recluse and I got into music. And, and, and that was the result of uh, my escape to music was because I'd had it with people. At that time, because of this verse, because of this kind of thing, I said, you know what, I'm done with having friends. And, and just, you know, I'm done. I'm just going to go hide myself in my room and play my guitar. <laughs> and that's what I did. And that's what led me. You know, from Edison Community College, it led me to Stetson University and led me finally to Eastman School of Music, Also, that God could get me here. And now I see his plan as I look back, and I'm like, God, you were so good, how you allowed all of that. But the tongue is a vehicle in which our heart is expressed. One word for good or ill can change relationships forever. Lehman Strauss said this, he said, The destructive power of the tongue is satanic. Behind every word that is unclean, untrue, angry, divisive, or unkind is Satan himself. Every single word. But there's a solution to backbiters and talebearers, gossipers. Let me read something to you. It says, The church gossip and self-appointed arbiter of the church's morals kept sticking her nose into other people's business. Several church members were unappreciative of her activities, but feared her enough to maintain their silence. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member, of being drunk after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. She commented to George and to others that everyone seeing it there would know what he was doing. George was a man of few words. He stared at her for a moment and just walked away. He didn't explain, defend, or deny. He said nothing. But later that evening, George quietly parked his pickup in front of her house and left it there all night. <laughs> so, guess that fixed that church problem. <laughs> no, but it's very important that we're very careful. Verse 6, it says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. Literally, Gehenna. Gehenna. Defiles the whole body. Think of that. It not only defiles your body, it defiles you, but think about in a body of this size. Our uh, tongue can harm a, a body of this size very easily. We've seen it, and, and perhaps you've been the victim of uh, maybe in another church, you were slandered and talked about. Perhaps somebody told, uh, uh, told you a secret, or uh, you told somebody else a secret, and they told somebody else in secret, and they told somebody else, hey, keep this in secret, keep this confidential, and then that person tells somebody else, hey, keep this confidential, and pretty soon everybody knows, but nobody knows that everybody else knows. 
See, we can't be like that. We have to say, you know what? My word between you and I, if you want to share it, you can entrust it with, with me. And I tell you what, that's the kind of body ministry that we want to be a part of. That's the thing we want to encourage, we want to uh, promote, is that kind of thing where you know we can confess our faults to one another, but you need to do it and be very careful. Know who you can trust, because there's some people you can't trust, and perhaps shouldn't. But a friend, it takes time, and trust is earned, isn't it? You don't just give your trust to anybody. Somebody once told me, well, you're a Christian, you should trust me. And I'm like, no, I don't know you, and I don't have to trust you. And then they... They look at me like I, you know, jumped off the cross or something. But we ought not to just trust anybody. That's something that is that is earned. Trust is earned. But defilement comes from within. Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, we're just going to for the sake of time we're going to look at verse 8. This is uh chapter uh 15 verse 8. Jesus said these people, he's quoting Isaiah here, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And when they had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand, not, that, not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. So our tongue is so important. How are you using your tongue again? Verse 7, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile, every creature of the sea, it is tamed. It is able to be tamed. Even Shamu was able to be tamed at SeaWorld. You ever seen him come up and the guys, the young ladies in the, in the swim, or the, what do they call it, wetsuit, she's standing up on a ladder and she's got the fish hanging from her mouth and Shamu comes up and it almost looks like they, they kind, of, kind of like that and they take the fish, right? The fish can be that large Fish that in the natural would just tear you apart can be tamed. Horses can be tamed. Large animals can be tamed. And yet, it says in verse 8, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9, with it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Isn't that amazing? So easy to curse. You know, one of the things I'd encourage you to do, if you ever, um, I'm not, I don't tweet a whole lot, but when I, I've purposed in my heart that anything I do online, whether it's Facebook, which you don't see me that much, my wife does a lot of that, but if, I, if I'm going to say anything on Twitter or Facebook or anything, the Lord impressed upon my heart to say, Rob, you need to use that as a, as a, as a tool for good and a tool for me Anything else needs to be eradicated from your life. Will you make that same choice today? That make sure that everything you say is uplifting, encouraging, pointing people to Christ, rather than commenting on some other person who's anonymous, who rails on something that may be close to you, and in your heart you just want to unleash on them, right? Have you ever seen that? You ever seen a comment on something that's really good, and then you look at people, how they've responded, and then you're like, oh, I'm going to tear, I I can't, Oh, I'm going to, and then you're looking at these comments and you're going to tear into them. Don't even look at them. Don't even look at them. Just turn the other cheek. (laughs) Turn the other cheek. Get away from it. Don't allow yourself to be drawn into that kind of thing. Finally, in verse 10, it says, Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. And when I think of this, I think of Peter, because Peter reminds me a lot of myself, because The Apostle Peter was very 
quick to talk and very slow to hear. And as a young person, I was that way too. And even now, the Lord, over years, he's beginning to wean me off. He's beginning to change my heart more and more every single day. And I'm so glad. I'm asking him to because it's so important. You know, but I look at Peter and I find a kindred spirit because I find a lot of myself in Peter. Look with me at uh, Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to look at a couple verses. Chapter 16, verse 13. You can go ahead and open there if you would. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. It says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, there's a clue. You're the Son of Man. (laughs) That's good. That's good. No, and then, so they said, verse 14, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Notice the good thing that Peter said. These are few and far between, by the way. You know, when he makes a positive comment, and it's constructive, and it's actually good. But Peter, turn with me to chapter 26 now. And again, these are all verses you know, but out of the same mouth can proceed blessing and cursing. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 33, Peter says this. Peter answered and said to him, to Jesus, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. He didn't even know his own heart. It's true for most of us. I don't know my own heart. I can be put in a certain circumstance, in a certain situation, and all of a sudden something pops out of my mouth that I'm like, where did that come from? And the Lord's going, I knew it all along. You didn't know, but I knew it. Actually, before you were born, I knew this very day that you'd say that very thing, Rob. And guess what? I love you anyway. And then it behooves me to say, Lord, forgive me. And then we go back to 1 John chapter 1. If we confess our sins, he is able to forgive us, and not only that, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But look what Peter says. Now go to, so Peter boasting with his tongue. Everybody will stumble, but I'm not going to stumble, Lord. I'm going to stay with you to the very end. Look with me at Matthew 26, verse 69. It says, Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and this is the time when Jesus was falsely arrested, and the night before, he or the day, just hours before he would be crucified. Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl, a servant girl, came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. Verse 71, And when he had gone out of the gateway, another girl, another girl saw him, and said to those who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, with an oath now. The ante is upped. No, I swear I didn't do it. I, didn't, I don't know this man. I don't know him. And then in verse 73, And a little later, those who stood by came and said to Peter, Surely you're also one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I do not know the man. And you think of this, out of the same man, he can deliver such wonderful prophetic things, and out of the same mouth he can... He can actually deny the Lord, and such is true for all of us. Amen? Amen. Hopefully it won't happen, but when it does, we need to be faithful to forgive and ask God for forgiveness. I'm sorry. And the Apostle Paul also had this. Turn with me to Acts 23. 
Moses had the problem. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until the same time on Monday, this has been Truth in Christ.